0: CHAPTER Twenty-Eight, ON THE SHORES OF THE HEAVENLY GANGA When Carmenita perceived that even here, in the abode of bliss, these memories overshadowed, with dark and forbidding wings, the still delicate, newly awakened spirit of his beloved, he took her by the hand and led her away, guiding their flight to the soft green hill, on whose slope he had recently lain, and watched the games of the floating dancers. Here they sought a resting place, Already groves and shrubberies, meadows and hill slopes were filled with countless floating figures, red, blue and white. Group after group surrounded them to greet the newly awakened one, and the two mingled joyfully among the ranks of the players. They had been gliding hither and thither for a long time, wherever the chain of dancers led them, through the groves, round about the rocks, over the meadows and lotus pools, when they were suddenly met by the white-robed companion who had formerly called upon Carmenita to take the journey to the Ganga with her. As they held out their hands to one another in the dance, she asked, with a sunny smile, Well, have you been to the shores of the Ganga yet? You now have a companion, I see. Not yet, answered Kamanita. What is that? asked varsity And Kamanita told her. Let us go there, said varsity. Oh, how often have I, down in the sad valleys of earth, looked up to the distant reflection of the heavenly stream and thought of the blessed plains that are enfolded and watered by it and asked myself if we should really one day be united in this place of bliss. Now I feel myself irresistibly drawn there, to linger with you on its shores. They withdrew from the chain of dancers and turned their flight in a direction which led them far from their own lake. After some time they saw no more lotus pools, nor the resplendent flowers bearing happy beings. The wealth of blossoms decreased perceptibly, and more and more rarely did they meet the figures of the blessed. Herds of gazelles and antelopes here gave life to the plains, and the swans glided along the lakes, drawing trains of glistening waves behind them over the dark waters. The hills, which in the beginning had grown ever steeper and more rocky, disappeared entirely. They floated over a flat, desert-like plain, covered with tiger-grass and thorny shrubs, and before them lay stretched the endless curves of a forest of palms. They reached the forest. More and more deeply did the shadows close in around them, The ringed trunks gleamed like bronze. High above them the treetops resounded with a clang as of metal. In front, glistening points and streaks of light began to dance, and suddenly there streamed towards them such a blaze of light that they were obliged to hold their hands over their eyes. It seemed as though there stood a gigantic colonnade of burnished silver pillars in the forest, flashing back the light of the rising sun. When they ventured again to remove their hands from their faces, they were just floating out between the last of the forest palms. Before them lay the heavenly Ganga, its silvery expanse, reaching out to the far horizon. At their feet, wavelets of liquid starlight lapped the pearl-grey sand of the shore, as if with tongues of flame, both cool and Argentine. As a rule, the sky begins to grow gradually clearer down towards the horizon, but here the order was reversed. The azure blue, passed into indigo, and finally deepened to an all but absolutely black border, which rested heavily upon the silver waters. Of the perfume and the blossoms of paradise there was nothing left. And whereas in the Malachite Valley that memory-laden perfume of perfumes lay dense around the coral tree, here there blew along the stream of the universe a cool and fresh breath, which took for its perfume the absence of all perfume. Perfect purity and Varsity seemed to quaff it greedily as a refreshing draught while it took Carmenita's breath away. Here also one did not catch the faintest note of the music of the Gandharvas, but from the stream itself there seemed to rise mighty sounds like the deep booming of thunder. Listen, whispered Varsity and raised her hand. Strange, said Carmenita. Once on my journeyings, I found lodgings in a hut which stood at the entrance to a mountain ravine, and past the hut there flowed a little rivulet, with clear water in which I washed my feet after my long day's walk. During the night a violent rain fell, and as I lay awake in my hut, I heard the rivulet, which in the evening had rippled softly by, rush and rage with ever-increasing vehemence. At the same time my attention was caught by a banging, thundering sound which I could not explain to myself at all. The next morning, however, I saw that the clear brook had become a raging mountain torrent with waters brown and foamy, in which huge stones rolled and bounded as they dashed on downward. And it was just these that had caused the uproar. Why do you suppose that, just here, when listening to these sounds, this memory out of the time of my pilgrimage should rise within me? It comes from this, answered Varsity. The sounds are analogous. Though in that mountain stream you were merely hearing the collision of stones, here in the stream of the heavenly Ganga, worlds are rolled and propelled along. It is these from which the booming sounds like thunder arise. Worlds? exclaimed Carmenita, horrified. Varsity smiled, and floated onward as she did so, but Carmenita, full of terror, caught her and held her back by her robe. Take care of yourself, Varsity! Who knows what powers, what fearful forces hold sway over the stream of the universe, forces into which whose power you might fall by forsaking the shore. I tremble already at the thought of seeing you so suddenly torn from me. Would you not dare to follow me then? Certainly I would follow you, but who knows whether I could reach you, whether we should not be torn from one another, and even if we remained together, what misery it would be to be borne away to the illimitable, far from this abode of bliss. To the illimitable, repeated Varsity dreamily, and her glance swept over the surface of the heavenly Ganga, far out to where the silver flood touched the black border of the sky, her gaze seeming to desire to penetrate ever farther. Is it possible, then, she asked, as if she were lost in thought, for eternal happiness to exist where there is limitation? Varsity, exclaimed Carmenita, becoming truly alarmed. I wish I'd never led you here. Come, love, come. And even more anxiously than from the coral tree, he drew her away from there. She followed him willingly, but turned her head at the first palms as she did so, casting a last glance back towards the heavenly stream. And again they were thrown on the lotus seats in the crystal lake. Again they floated between the trees bearing blossoms of jewels. Again they mingled with the ranks of the blessed, joined in the dance, and enjoyed the raptures of heaven, happy in their unclouded love. Once in the dance they met their friend of the white robe, who greeted them with, So now you really have been to the shores of the heavenly Ganga. How could you possibly know that we've been there? I see it. For all who have been there wear a shadow on their brows. For that reason, I don't wish to go. And you also will not go a second time. No one ever does.